0: Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say, hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host of Birth Moms Real Talk, a platform where birth moms share about their journey. And we talk about a hot topic, hot potato, you may say, what other people are not talking about. We are talking about it here. And listeners, if you listen to the last podcast, you know we've got the dynamic duo back, Kristen and Lindsay, that mom and daughter team. You heard more of Lindsay's story of being adoptee and a birth mom. But as I said, Lindsay's is Kristen's daughter and Lindsay is also a birth mom. So welcome again, Kristen and Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good, good. So Lindsay, we want to hear about you. We last ended Mm -hmm. up talking about that you've met your older sister You've had some challenges, but the last thing I remember both of you talking about, you've got this bond, mom and daughter dynamic duo is what I called you. So, Lindsay, <laughs> won't you share more about more about your growing up and your journey of becoming a birth mom? Sure.
1: So, growing up, I will say my mom gave me a lot of love, so I had that, and that was great. I had have good grandparents; they gave me a lot of love. But it was a struggle in elementary and high school. I was pretty depressed in elementary school, um, and that went on into high school. I spent most of my time at my dad's house in high school at about 15. I discovered drugs, and that started that slippery slope into other things. But drugs became my life.
0: Was it the depression that led you to that? Well, what was the the pathway to um, dealing with drugs?
1: Yeah, I was depressed. I didn't know how to cope. Mm -hmm. I started self harm in elementary school and that just escalated. That was the only way I knew how to find any kind of relief. And then in my freshman year in high school, I was hanging out with people and was offered some pills and I took them and I loved the way they made me feel.
0: It was an escape from what you were feeling.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I didn't have to feel anything. I. The high was the the best thing I had ever experienced. You know, I was so depressed. And then all of a sudden feeling this way, I couldn't think of anything better Mm -hmm. than that feeling. So I just, I, I continued to use throughout my whole high school career. And when I was 17, I went, ended up going to treatment and I spent about, well, I went for one month. And then I came back home and I I didn't stop using. I had no intention to stop. I kind of just went through the 28 days, just like, okay, I'm doing my time. Came home, continued to use. Did you have any thoughts
0: of your future when you said you really had no intention of, was it hard to, I mean, did you look at it as a challenge that you never would stop or there was no alternative or what was really on your mind with the future there for you?
1: I just loved The feeling of getting high and trying new drugs and that escape and not being in my own head and not having to feel all the pain that I felt. So I didn't really think of my future. It was just the next high, the next day. That's all I was thinking about. And when I got out of my first month in treatment, I ended up in a hospital because I was using and I got sick and I ended up going right back to the same treatment center. And they told me I was there for the two week relapse program. So I was like, whatever, I can do this. And then I found out I was there for the long-term program. And I was pretty mad, but it's what I needed. Okay. So I was there for almost eight months. Okay.
0: Now, Christian, so let me pr- pretty you Pretty much in. my
1: entire junior.
0: Oh. Okay, great. So entire junior year that you were there, Lindsay? Senior
2: yeah. year. Yeah, Senior my year. entire Senior junior year. year
0: in high school, I was there. So, Christian, let's talk to me about what was going mm-hmm. on with you, with what Lindsay was going through.
2: Um, I really was naive and by this time she was actually she was living with me on a full-time basis and lindsay was very responsible mm-hmm. even going through all this, this stuff she had a job if she was going to go on a weekend vendor so to speak she found replacements for her job mm. she her her employer at the time will say she is the most responsible addict that they ever knew wow. because she never left anyone wow. hanging never wow. okay mm-hmm. Okay. And she went to school, she did the things. she went to work, she was working out at 6.30 in the morning with my dad swimming. And then again, it, at the end of the day, so her athleticism, she was still protecting for her ninth and her 10th grade year. Mm-hmm. And then her 11th grade year is when she realized oh, that having parents isn't all that much fun. And so we dealt with a, a few runaways. Okay. And I think okay. during that time, even as much as she hated me at that time, she probably saw the true even more mother in me come out because I would drive around 24 seven and I would go to friend's house and then I would hear, you know, like one of her friends got in a car accident and he was in the hospital and I would go to that hospital. I would scour the waiting rooms, like every single thing I could try to mm. find her. I never wow. sat at home. I filed police reports. And I'll, I'll never forget the first one that she was gone lasted six days. And it was awful. The, right. When the police brought to her be. home, I was doing, yeah, I was doing laundry and the knock on the door. And I saw the policeman and you just, you, your heart just jumped. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw her. You I thought just, it went
0: the other way. You thought it went yeah, the other way. you did.
2: You do. Yep. And I just dropped my knees, but yep. it, it didn't end. You know, of course, everyone would love to hear a happy story like, oh, she ran away six days, came home and all good. And mm-hmm. it didn't. It didn't end that way right. at all. But right. you know, driving her to treatment, I didn't know she had no intention of completing, of you know, being sober. And it was a long couple of years when she was in high school. Yeah. And then the long term one driving her and dropping her off was was really, really, really hard. Yeah.
0: Now what the two of you have just described and the listeners are listening in and tough love, I heard tough love, I heard determination, I hear holding on to what you know, that Lindsay was still as responsible as, as an addict could be, apparently. Mm-hmm. And and this may sound funny, but it's true, is that we do the best we can do at that time. We're bringing this hard truth to people with my, the guests are, are just given free cod lunch to share as much as they choose to share. And we don't code anything. This was a hard time for Christian and Lindsay. It was a hard time for a lot of birth moms. You've heard other moms talk about whether it be addiction or other things that you go through This whole journey of life (laughs) itself (laughs) is a journey of life when the ups and downs and the hills and valleys, we don't know, but we do the best we can when we can. And this is the real stuff here, people. This is the real (laughs) stuff that you're hearing honest talk about people going through situations, not putting it just on adoption or bring a birth mom or whatever, but life situations, and until you can deal with life situations, you can't deal with life. So, Lindsay, continue on for the time and and just preceding up to when you became a birth mom. Share with us about that journey.
1: Sure. So, after that long-term treatment, I came home, but I decided my mom's rules were too strict. So, I spent most of the time either staying at my biological dad's or uh, on his couch or just whoever's couch I could find to sleep on. Mm-hmm. I fell deeper into drugs. I pretty much gave my life up for that. And so I was kind of couch hopping and I went to my friend's house one day and there was a man there that I hadn't seen before. And I decided that I liked him for whatever reason. And I went home with him and and started living with him. Mm. And uh, about a month and a half after living with him, I found out I was pregnant.
0: Was this your first relationship or any kind of a sexual activity at all?
1: No, this is probably like my second real relationship, I would call it,
0: I guess. Was he much older or, I mean, what what was the age difference?
1: No, he's not that much older. It's a year or two. Okay.
0: So once Mm -hmm. you found yourself pregnant after about three months, you say, what was the conversation, if any at all, with him or, or even letting your mom, Kristen, know?
1: So I found out that I was pregnant and he and I had just moved into our own little one bedroom, bottom of a duplex apartment. He didn't wanna be a dad and he made that very clear and I knew I wasn't ready. So we both just ignored it. I didn't think that I was healthy enough to actually have a baby. I just decided to ignore it. I had a full-time job, a factory job. I just continued to go to work every day. He, He was not a nice guy. But I felt like I was stuck and I had nowhere else to go. So I stayed. I hid my pregnancy from my mom for five or six months before I told her.
0: Okay. Okay. And you said the comment you made about you didn't think you were healthy enough to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Why that comes? Because of your drug use?
1: My drug use, I was underweight. I just, in my mind, didn't think that I was healthy enough, that my body could do it.
0: Okay. And you mentioned that you stayed, even though you uh-huh. knew that that was not a relationship? Was that yeah. how you were feeling about yourself, that you were not worthy?
1: Yeah, definitely. At the time, being fresh out of treatment and freshly sober, because when I found out I was pregnant, I did stop using. So all these emotions flooding, and he was an alcoholic, so he didn't stop drinking just okay, because I'm I gonna was ask you, pregnant. Was
0: he involved with any addiction at all?
1: Yes. He, he was a heavy drinker and he was abusive. He was not nice at all, even when he found out I was pregnant. So, but I just, I felt stuck. Like there was nowhere else to go because I felt, I felt like I was already a disappointment to my family. How can I just go back home and say I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. and disappoint them again?
0: Wow. Listen to, listen, listeners, listen, Kristen, Lindsay, both of you have essentially said the same thing. Kristen, you said about when you had found out you were pregnant and not getting any response from your family until a couple of days and then asking to move. And where, Lindsay, you were thinking that you couldn't go to your mom and tell her you're pregnant. So what, where were those feelings come from? They're, they're similar, it sounds like me, but you talk, you talk and share about what those emotions were with each one of you so at I, that point.
1: I knew she would be supportive because she had been through a lot, but I also thought that she would be disappointed because I was always disappointing them. I was using, I was homeless. I was this and that. I was always coming to them being disappointing. So I, I, it was just another thing I thought I would disappoint them with. So I I held off for quite a few months, but,
0: but you did go to her and tell her.
1: I, yeah, I did. She was a first, (laughs) yeah. I, I had other friends that knew I was pregnant and I actually, I had her bring me to an appointment. I didn't tell her what it was for. I think I made up some excuse, but I went to the doctor and they gave me this big, thick book, the, what to expect when you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And I wrapped it up in a plastic bag and got out and got in my mom's car. And she asked, what was that? And I just said it was some dumb book they gave me.
0: And Kristen, you <laughs> sure knew she, knew she knew was at pregnant, that time. right? So were you just going <laughs> along? I was just
2: going along. Okay. I had figured it out just because I had been there, done that. And I knew the mannerisms. I knew how you stood. I knew, you know, so she probably doesn't recall. But when I was waiting for her to make her next appointment, it was how she was standing up against the counter that I'm like, yep. Uh
0: Your (laughs) confirmation of what you were thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So what was the next step for you, Lindsay?
1: So I called my mom and told her I said I'm pregnant. And the first thing she said was, I know.
2: <laughs>
1: and then she said, what What are your thoughts? What are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. And she brought up adoption right away. She said, your aunt, her sister, found out that she can't have children. So that's an option. And she said, I'll call her right now. I'll talk to her about it. And I, I said, OK, call her, talk to her. And she did. I think she hung up right away and called her and talked to her and I don't know their conversation they had, but they decided it was, it was a perfect plan. I, I think the same month that my daughter was created was the same month that she found out she couldn't have kids. So we just kind of oh, looked wow. at it as this wow. was meant to be. Yeah.
0: Wow. Now that was your, your birth. Well, yeah, right. You had birth sister, I mean, blood sisters, right, Kristen?
2: Yep. But it wasn't, it was my adopted sister. The okay. Adopted sister.
0: I was going to was gonna ask, was your adopted or, or, yeah. or blood sister? Yeah. Okay. Adopted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I hear you say, Lindsay, that Kristen first said, well, what about adoption? Knowing what you know about your family lineage and tree with your mom being an adoptee and a birth mom, because you knew all of this by the time you got pregnant, was that on your same vein even before your mom even said it, adoption?
1: Yeah, I kind of had that in the back of my mind that that was an option. Okay. Because being six months pregnant, and I knew I I wouldn't be able to raise her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that sounded like a very good option.
0: Okay. Okay. So she was placed with her, let me get to, who's really, her (laughs) great aunt? Yeah, that would be her great aunt. Okay. Okay. I was trying to get it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Trying to get, what is that relationship there? Okay. So she's now old. How old? How old is your daughter, Lindsay? She is 10. She's 10. Okay. Yeah. So obviously open adoption. So you see her, what's the relationship or does she know you're her mom?
1: She does. My aunt has been amazing about this from the very beginning. She has always told her that I'm her birth mother from, from when she was little. Um, she'd call me her little mama. <laughs> My aunt always sent pictures, cards. They live in a different state, but I would go and visit her. I think for the first couple years of her life, I would go down there and see her. And it was just, it's an amazing relationship because my aunt is just so open and loving and grateful. She never lets me forget how grateful she is to me for giving her that gift. So
0: it's a very good relationship. Good, good. Now we talked about, like even the first episode, we talked about, uh, I, I, this is prevailing through everything. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Or, or fear to share or fear of disappointing someone or the whole thing of dealing with the emotions. Those are all things that are prevalent that comes in their minds through the adoption journey. And not only, I mean, we've got Christian, you can talk about it being adoptee as well as a birth mom. And Lindsay, you as a birth mom, is that these are things that just happen. So, so talk, I want to hear from both of you in sharing how are you dealing with these feelings? And first of all, you, Lindsay, how is your recovery right now?
1: Right now? Yes. It's good. Okay. I am very happy. It took me a while as far as recovery goes. Mm-hmm. I think. A few years. I actually, you know what? I have a clean timer on my phone. It's been over five years. Oh, well, you so have a timer. Okay, how many I months do. and how
0: many days? Yes. <laughs> I do. Congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: After I had my daughter, I still struggled for a while, on and off. But yeah, about a little over five years is what I have now. Okay. And I would never go back. And okay. I
0: know. I like that. I like that confidence in saying that. I like that. Yes. Yes. Now, Christian, what was your journey through all of what Lindsay's journey was when you said, let me call my sister because she just found out she couldn't have children. So how was it from, mm-hmm. he, from that time on for you?
2: Um, it was pretty good. There were a couple of years there towards the end before Lindsay did the placements that were a little bit rocky. I had other little kids at home. So I didn't let Lindsay um, come home, and that might sound bold, but it was a little more on the tough love. For instance, okay. she was hungry. I brought her food wherever okay. she happened to be. Okay. I never abandoned her, so to speak. I just couldn't enable. And right. and through those years, it's still, she knew. She knew I was there and, and never left. And then when, after I, I even offered to adopt Lindsay's baby because I recognized mm-hmm. that perhaps she wasn't in a good place yet and mm-hmm. not ready to raise children. It was not. Could she have done it? Absolutely. She could have done it because she is strong. Look at all the things that she's done. Right. And, but she looked at me and she's like, oh, heck no, mom, you've already got kids. We don't need another one.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. uh But I like what you said, Uh Kristen, you said you were not going to enable her. So you were honest enough to be and show what, and give to Lindsay what, And Lindsay, I heard Lindsay, you say tough love. I'm going to let you talk more about that. What was that tough love that you got from Kristen? But to me, what I see through it also, you were both very honest to face the fear right in its face and get over it. Mm -hmm. Each one of you did that. I mentioned that because we have our Saturday chats on Birth Bonds Real Talk on Facebook and we have different topics because It comes down to that unless you face that fear, you cannot get over that fear. The fear of people looking at you or bullying you or think you're not this and you're not that. And it's a, it's a process to get to that point. And I praise God that I'm at the place now that sometimes says, well, so once a certain age, you don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but before I did, because that's where I was mm-hmm. the the society or the, the whole thing that you've got to hide. I've heard of mom saying, well, the family, you got to stay in the basement, you got to stay in the. Attic and people can't see you being giving birth is a natural god-given miracle and the fact of making or attempting to make people feel as if you're not worthy because and i don't look at it as a mistake or whatever but people put these these titles on things and i'm just speaking for myself that i answer to no other title than me If you call me out of my name i will not answer you And I will not, and I'm not about who you think I am because I know who I am. And that's part of the empowerment and healing that I've been through myself in which that's, that's the whole purpose and mission behind Birth Moms Real Talk. I never forget that. And I always will let listeners know that this comes from a place of love for me and the whole experience I went through, the love for my son and the love and the transformation and the journey that I've been through and still on, and will continue on lifelong. This doesn't end. Adoption is lifelong. So I want to hear both you and Kristen talk about what is tough love? What was that tough love you gave, Kristen? What was that Uh tough love, Lindsay, you felt you got from your mom? Well, I I kind
2: of shared it when she was hungry. I brought her food. There were times when she needed clothing. I brought her clothing. Mm -hmm. To the point of, mom, I'm sleeping on a bench tonight. I'm cold and I would bring her blankets mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever she needed. I just knew that I had to not, A, enable her to just continue on in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But B, you know, I had, I had little kids at home and I just couldn't have that around mm-hmm. the little right. kids. It, right. it wasn't safe. And there right. were she, she had friends that weren't safe. And, right. but like I said, we faced it, I faced it. Head on. I mm-hmm. did absolutely everything that I could to help her, but I knew the decision was hers.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Lindsay, talk to me about what was a tough love you received. And I know there's probably times that you didn't like your mother very much at all. <laughs> I knew it was. And you, you probably said it very loudly. I hate you.
1: <laughs> I think I said a lot more than that. Okay. But... I mean, back then when I when I was actively using, I hated it the way that the tough love, I, I hated it because yes, I just wanted money. I just, I'm sure if she would have let me in the house, I probably would have stolen something to pawn for money. Mm. So her setting those boundaries with me now, looking back at it, I appreciate the tough love, but back then I hated it because yeah. I, di- I did, I just wanted to use and I just wanted a home. I wanted to, well... She called it you can't use this this home is not a hotel. It's not for you to come and go as you okay. please and come sleep okay. here, go out and use, come back. Okay. Which is what I wanted to do, but obviously with my little siblings and Right. I mean her right. it's not an right. option and she wasn't gonna, you know, let me yeah. do that.
0: And I bring that up and wanted both of you to share about it because it takes growth, uh, healing and empowerment for you, Christian, to be at the point to give tough tough love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very I mean, much because so it's, I
2: I attended everything that I possibly could Mm -hmm. to get me to that, to that point for sure. Mm
0: Yeah, and so it's, it's therapy, it's support, it's reading, it's what, as you say, Christian, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll you'll hear me say consistently, do your work, get your help, get your therapy, get whatever you need. And I'll make this statement. I've said it before. I do truly believe that the true healing begins when a person, be it the birth mom, the adoptee, the adoptive mom or adoptive parents are ready to move through this grief, deal with the grief, to get to the other side of joy. I say that because yes. you've got to do the work. It is not just going to snap your finger and suddenly it's okay. And I reference right. to that and I paraphrase it too when people think because you're in reunion with your child that you, mine is 45 years. Oh, suddenly everything's okay. It is, yes. the work began. And my son said this, that his healing began when he met me. That's when the work begins. The work begins when you can start building the relationship and only when you can face the relationship and have the conversation and the communication, can you start building your relationship? And that's whether it's through adoptee, adoptee with birth mom or any other kind of relationship. And I don't make fun of it, but it's like people have to be real. Relationships have to be built. It's not going to happen. takes conversation and agree agree to disagree and all that, but have a conversation. And that's why I've always been a talker. So this podcast is, is a way for me to talk and share my journey because I share honestly from the heart on what I go through and what has got me through and what is healing me and what, what is empowering me. And I want every person listening to get something from this podcast so you can be the very best you, the very best you. So any last comments? We've covered all kinds of topics now. (laughs) And any last things from each one of you, Kristen or Lindsay? Before we wrap up this part two of the dynamic duo of Kristen and Lindsay. Amazing, and I was when I had saw the opportunity, and Lindsay had had shared her story, and then she shared the other aspects, and then she started sharing. Well, my daughter can be on. I'm like, yes, yes, because <laughs> we want to bring all these different perspectives together, so people can listen in through that called the window of birth moms real talk and see the different perspectives. So, any last thoughts from each one of you?
2: I actually will share two. One is in regard to adoption and it's advice that is unsolicited, but I see it a lot for birth moms. Once they have the reunion, Mm -hmm. they want, 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 want a relationship and it doesn't happen instantly. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think people sometimes forget Mm -hmm. that. And like you said, it doesn't happen instantly. That's when the work begins. Yes. Which. Mm -hmm. Which leads to my other thing, and you mentioned it as well, is she needed to put in the work, Lindsay needed to do Mm -hmm. what she needed to do for herself. And even though I was learning, and I was reading, Mm -hmm. and I had all these ideas, I thought. I could get her to listen to me. I thought I could get her to read <laughs> and I would give her something to pick her up and to make her move forward and want to be in a different life. And right. she would basically say, you know what you can do with your positive thinking uh-huh. and your book? <laughs> <laughs> and so it took time again for me to back off a little yeah. bit to not nah, to, to be there for her, but mm-hmm. let her come to her own decision mm-hmm. and do
0: the work. That's it. That is it. That is it. Yeah. I say it's something you may have heard the term and people may have another perspective as far as in saving space. And I will say this very succinctly is saving space is that I say, I've got a table set up for my son with the finest linen, crystal, flatware, sterling. And it's there only for him because no one else can take his place, but he has to meet me at the table. Only then when I go to the table, he sits at the table. Because it takes both of us, and we're working on this. It's work. It's a process. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. It's up and down. Hold on. Sometimes a white knuckle. I'm white knuckled. This is, we're taping in yep. October. My son's birthday is in October. And people know who know me know that my son's birthday is my mother's day. So i celebrate yeah. mother's day in October. And that's my time. I have to deal with the emotions that I'm going through because actually so many days. And if birth moms are honest about that, to a lot of days, you're in just weeping and in tears because you back to that day you gave birth. You're right back there sure. in that hospital. And you sort of said it on part one, Christian, is you leave the hospital with empty arms. No one knows yes. that feeling unless you've been through that. No one. Right. Let yeah. me hear from right. you, Lindsay. Any last thoughts, conversations?
1: Kind of what you just touched on, that it is a process. Ten years ago, I would have never imagined I would be sharing my story on a podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I... Ten years ago, I would have just thought I was going to be forever depressed, in and mm-hmm. out of treatment, psych wards, whatever, never getting anywhere.
0: And realizing there is hope. Yes, there yes. is. And look at is. you now. I am so proud of you. I'm <laughs> oh, so I take you. so seriously a person who's been through recovery and count count those month, days, hours, and seconds <laughs> because oh, it's a joy <laughs> to be where you are, where you are. Christian, any last thoughts? I saw you popped out for popped in for a minute.
2: No, no, no. I'm uh, just incredibly proud of the decisions she makes, continues to make, and as we continue to grow older, she's in her 30s, I'm in my 50s, and stronger than ever. And and that bond and that relationship never end the development stage.
0: They just keep going. And the rest of the story, listeners, we may bring (laughs) back in Christian's birth daughter. (laughs) Who knows? Keep listening. <laughs> You've been tuned in to D. Yvonne Rivers, host of Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform that shares the birth mom's journey. And we talk about a hot topic. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.